I'm Mike Brilla, host of the Inspired Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Berwick Augustine. He is a former teacher, school administrator, and is currently an education consultant, a business owner, and the author of our focus today, which is his book, The Education Formula, Maximizing the Village. Such a cool talk. You're going to learn so much. This is so awesome. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmoletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? Say some nice words and maybe five stars. Mm, that'd be so cool. You, you could also uh, like go to my uh, the little link on my webpage and buy me a cup of coffee, which really is uh, you know a dollar or two. Help me uh, support the podcast with uh, updating equipment and so forth. That'd be so nice if you did that. Um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing and uh, enjoy the show. And, and talking about perspective, like your perspective on just being a parent doesn't change until that baby comes out and is crying and realizes I am responsible for this little human for the rest of his or her life. Yes. Right? Your, your entire world will change. Uh, and so because our world is is the way that it is because of of little people who grew up to be adults. Uh, and, and so whatever it is that you embed in these little humans, uh, is going to have an impact on society as a whole, whether good or bad. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up the tin and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Erwick Augustine is the founder of Evoke 180, a leading publishing company that also specializes in Haitian Creole translations. He is an educational consultant and keynote speaker who embodies two decades of experience as a writer, teacher, and assistant principal. Berwick is the author most recently of The Education Formula, also Days, Months, and Seasons in Haitian Creole, in addition to the Haitian Creole Alphabet, and the series 1803, which has the Haitian flag, and 1803, Black Freedom. So cool. Got so much stuff going on there, Beric. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. What's going on, everyone? And thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm excited to be here. Well, glad to have you, and uh, this is cool. We got uh, You got a lot of stuff happening, and then we're going to start by talking about some of that stuff. So <laughs> you have uh, Evoke 180. Tell us what its purpose is. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. So Evoke 180 stems from just the work that I do. And I feel like the, I believe that the work that I do is um, transformative. And so Evoke, um, which means to stir up, and 180, I, I chose 180 because of, of change, right? Because when you want to make a change, um, you, make, you, you make a 180 turn, and you literally have to turn your back and go the opposite way. So to, to stir up change. And so... In a creative way, I just chose Evoke 180 as the name of the company so that everything that we do, that's ultimately um, the end goal. Very cool. So uh, and um, good choice of words. Picture is, is painted nice and pretty right there. You can uh, <laughs> appreciate it, it. You get it. So it, um, so now I understand that you're, you're, you're a publisher. You know, so you're publishing through this uh, 
um, this this name as well. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, I mean, are you looking for authors or do you have a series of authors or is it about, you know, something that's coming down the road? What, how does that work? Well, um, the way that works is, is that I, I do have a publishing company and I self-publish my books and I have um, published um, quite a few authors uh, um, under the company. And it's, it's something that kind of, it, it came out organically because I started doing it myself. And after a while, a couple of people were like, Hey, I would like to uh, write a book as well. And so, you know, can you help me out? And it, and it, and it went from uh, giving advice to actually just taking um, the individuals on as, as, as clients. And so that really, um, that really evolved. I would say I'm um, doing the pandemic was when I took on a first client where it, it became more than just giving advice. And so, and then I, I, and thankfully I've been able to build um, a team to be able to do the work because again, publishing a book is, is, is not an overnight thing. And, and it's definitely not a one man band. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's actually, it's actually been uh, extremely, extremely interesting. And I haven't really promoted it as, as much as I should. Uh, but again, every time I do work and when you do good work, you know, people are, are going to speak to others and, and, right. and word of mouth is still the best form of advertising. So that's, that's really how that has evolved. I got you. Very cool. So, uh, nice. And, it, and it's, it's cool to have a nice, uh, you know, it's a growing, uh, part of what you do and, uh, to be able to publish other people's works as well as your own. So, uh, uh good stuff. Kudos on that. They, uh, um, so you know, something else when I've spent time on your, on your uh, website that it's right there on the main page. And, it, it, and I wanted to talk about it is you have the Berwick Augustine Academy and it's right there on your, on the front page of your website. And it's, it's cool. You cannot ignore this. And, and, and this is noted on your website. It says your journey to essay writing success starts now. So can you share a little bit about what um, this Academy is focused on accomplishing and then talk about this essay writing? Um, so my, my, my experience in education has been from elementary to high school, right? And, and I spent at least three and a half years specifically teaching essay writing as a standalone course. And in doing that, I realized that a lot of the things that students need and all of the other courses are embedded in essay writing because you have to do research. You have to use um, critical thinking. You have to use analytical um, skills in order to be able to really effectively do an essay. It also requires reading comprehension or you have to read, annotate, and use the information um, um, correctly. And so, and I had a, a few uh, parents who approached me uh, to tutor their kids and I was like, okay, once a second parent approached me, I was like, you know what? I can't clone myself. <laughs> so let me just put this uh, as a self-paced course online and so that that really kind of like um and that's how that evolved and 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 the essay writing is it it has opinion informative and also uh argumentative very cool so uh yeah yeah still working on that cloning thing though uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's awesome because that's you know it's uh in working with the essay i mean just like you said putting uh, being able to learn how to put together uh Thoughts, arguments, you know, make a point—all incredible talent, right there. And and it and it's and it's also with with the language skills, right? Because if if kids 
ultimately want to go to college, they have to write an essay to get into college, right? And so right. writing itself and being able um, to communicate not only um, verbally, but also through writing is something, um, even in the workforce, right? Or you have to write an email and things of that nature. It's, it's extremely important for you, but it's, it's extremely important for you to be able to um, to communicate um, as well. So it's, it's, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong um, skill. I love that. Most definitely. It's a, uh, uh, you know, the, the, you know, when you can communicate through written form, it uh, says a lot about you as a person. And so getting better at it is only going to help. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Love, love that. Uh, all right. So, all right. So we're going to start delving into your book, the education formula, maximizing the village. All right. This is cool. What inspired you to write the education formula? So um, the inspiration behind the book was just, you know, just on the different experiences I've had, right? I, and I've I've been able to see education on so many different levels, right? I came, I obviously, you know, uh, being a student, right? And then after college, uh, being an educator and and went from an educator to being, well, went from an educator in a classroom to being a reading coach. Uh, and from being a reading coach to being an assistant principal, right? And now as a parent, Right, myself, I, I've I've been able to see and be on different um, aspects of education, right? So I have multiple lenses <laughs> and experiences where nice. I've, I've seen what works and what doesn't work, right, and what is needed. And so I, I and I call it the education formula because it's 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 I've heard just about I think every conversation that you could think of from frustrated parents to administrators to the teachers uh, and it, and it's and and the underlying elements or or, or or the underlying things that are needed for each of the stakeholders right so I just took all of the experiences and 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 uh, other people's experiences as well and 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 put them in a book where I'm like you know what was is digestible and it's actionable where, where people can read it and be able to say, okay, I have my takeaways that I can implement right now in order to be able to do better and, and whatever space I may be in. That's so important. I, I just wanted to, to say that because, you know, it's interesting when you talked about gathering those different experiences that you've had. Because, like, I, I remember a long time ago when I was a history teacher in high school, um, there was electricity. And uh, there's <laughs> – but the uh, – um, so – I was in a school, high school, where in I taught tenth grade uh, world history on a team, and when we met, we we brought up some principals like from the middle school. Um, so when we met, uh, so when a parent wanted to meet with you, they met with the whole team as well as a counselor, so they could talk about uh, anything and everything they needed to. And we had this one meeting the one day, and the the parent, uh, and so it's funny by the way, thinking about what you just said a minute ago about the things you learn. Um, when you have your own children, because that's where I'm going with this. Um, they, uh, cause I don't think I would have liked having to meet with the whole group either, <laughs> um, but, uh, the, but that's how we did it. And, uh, I, uh, um, I was in my mid to late twenties and, uh, had no children yet. And, uh, the, the parent was very upset at the math teacher on our team. <laughs> and now don't get me wrong. She could do her fair share of earning people's anger. All right. <laughs> but I thought for sure that she 
was kind of innocent in this one and that they just were misunderstanding. So I opened my big mouth and I said something. I don't remember exactly what I said, but whatever I said, <laughs> and I, I, have, I get along well with people and such, so it's, it wasn't going to be antagonistic, whatever I said, but whatever right. I said made the mom look at me <laughs> and say, you do not understand. By the way, and if those of you, as you're listening, it was said as I'm saying it right now, which is the pointing of a finger, all right? The shaking of the finger at me. <laughs> and she said, you do not understand. You do not have children. And I've always, those are her exact words. I will never forget them because it, uh, it came back later, uh, not to haunt me, but it, it stayed with me. And it made me think of things a little differently um, to try and think of them as a parent. And then later when I did have my own children, there are some things that I became to understand about your children, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, nah, it's true. Experience is the best teacher. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's like uh, suddenly, and it makes you see things like you're talking about. It makes you see. Uh, there's another another side to this and another side to this and another side to right. this. I, right. You know, one of the things I got to ask you, I mean, what, when, when we talk about that, I mean, what do you come away from, like, so you're an assistant principal. Is there something you pulled away from that that is part of your thinking about uh, the different experiences? I mean, that specifically has to do with being an assistant principal that kind of plays in this, what you've written. Yeah, I mean, just um, just from a an administrative standpoint, right, I think, like, a lot of times – as educators in a classroom, we, we, if, if you don't most, a lot of, well, I'm not going to say most, a lot of educators don't have good relationships with their administrators. Um, and I think a lot of it is, is because there, um, there isn't, uh, a lot of openness, right? Because administrators have their own pain points and different things that they have to, to do. And so their mind is always on, and I need to get this done and I don't have time to explain it just do it right um, because right. they have pressures you know coming from the district or whomever <laughs> and 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 i think like and being in that world and being able to see right um what what it looks like and how to be able to um to communicate or or effectively work with your teachers so that they don't have to necessarily know all the notes and bolts of being an administrator but if, if, if we're transparent enough and we understand what the vision and the mission is and, 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 just, and just the approaches, right, or, or the systems and the procedures that are uh, in place and the culture that you build, then it makes it a bit easier on both ends because it's, it's, a, lot that, it's a lot that they deal with as well. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. so I, I wanted to make sure that I, I, I shed light on that because sometimes it's uh, – it's, it's not a lot of compassion towards the the, the administrators. It, it's just it's just like a team. Right. A team loses, man. Get rid of the coach. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like the coach is not playing the game, but get rid of him because he didn't. The game plan wasn't good, or he didn't do what he didn't do. So let's get another coach. It's not the players. Right. That's a, that's a good point because a lot of people. It, it suddenly you can have. If you're not careful, you can have both sides angry at you. You know, it's the administrator. It's like, wait a second. What's this? Da, 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 you know, and uh, so no, I, and it does bring a whole other aspect to it because because sometimes one of the things you see as an administrator is when a, a rule or a procedure is standing in the way of really trying to help or, or uh, solve or get the two sides talking to each other. So yeah. um, I think this is so powerful. Uh, all right. So, you know, in chapter one of the education formula, you start with this, and I love this. 
Raising little humans in a battlefield like no other. All right, so I've taken it out of context. I need you to put it back into context and tell me what you're talking about. So, so raising little humans is 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 a battlefield like no other, right? Um, and and it is because it is. And and talking about perspective, like your perspective on just being a parent doesn't change until that baby comes out and is crying and realizes I am responsible for this little human for the rest of his or her life. Yes, right. Your your entire world will change. Uh, and so, because our world is is the way that it is because of 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 little people who grew up to be adults, uh, and and so whatever it is that you embed in these little humans uh, is going to have an impact on society as a whole, whether good or bad, right? It's it's almost as as if like the other. Uh, I used an analogy one time. I wrote a poem, and I was like, you know, uh, as parents. You're 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 a painter. You're an artist, right? And you can either paint a mess or a masterpiece, right? And right. and it's and it and it's all on you because, and and the thing is, as 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 you're doing that, it's it's um whatever comes out, <laughs> eventually when this baby grows up, is going to be all of the things that you put uh, into it, and so, um, and it's a battlefield because. Especially as as we've seen morally, our world has just been deteriorating, um, and so you have to be very intentional, and you have to be, um, and 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 you have to understand that you have to approach raising children as if you're going into war, because it, it that's what it feels like, right? With the onslaught of things that are constantly coming on. Right uh, between social media, between schools, between just everything around you, that that you have to that you have to stay the course. Uh, because if, if 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 you don't if you don't if you don't teach your, your children, then it's it's a whole world of other individuals or things who are ready to do it for you. I think that's so important because that is something that you know a lot of people don't realize. I mean, because it just just something as simple as well, one day in, uh, oh, let's say uh, second grade, uh, another child comes up to your child and says, uh, hey, I heard this new word today. Why don't you go ask the teacher what this word means? And, you know, the right. word is not good. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, not that I've had that experience, but I have. All right. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, yeah, they're all ready to start raising your kid for you. And you don't even have a choice sometimes. When uh, something like that happens, and all of a sudden yeah. a new world is introduced to your kid, um, yeah, absolutely, especially that of being in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> why would you ask me that question? Never mind. Um, anyway, the you know the uh, the point is is that ah, there's so many people, issues, things, and today this the all the social media and all the electronic stuff that could easily be. Uh, you know, taking it a different direction. And I think it's funny. So when I was a kid, they were worried about Saturday morning cartoons, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that were a little, where there's a little more out there today. So. Yeah. 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 Now, now they got about that little box that's in their hand that they carry every day. They got access to the world too. Right. You get that right. The phones are, is, are, it's like a minefield, right? Yeah, very much so. Very, very appropriate, uh, analogy there because it's it it is and it's and if they're carrying it if you're as the parent allowing them to carry it all the time i mean Mm -hmm. because that fits right there too because it's like some some go forego that argument about 
um, you know, when is a good age to start uh, introducing them to it? Because some of them it's like, fine, you're whining about something here. Look at this as you're in the car, and you know they start playing with the phone. Yeah, and and it's and my kids who are um, seven, eight, and ten are constantly asking, "When are we going to get a phone?" I'm like, "When you're you're ready for it and you're responsible uh, for it." They're like. Oh, and when is that? I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. But right now, you, you're not. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, yeah. and, it's, and, and that's the thing. I think uh, just having those honest conversations and also, um, to your point, a phone should not be a pacifier, right? Because if, if, you, if, if you're talking to your child or, or, or something is going on and you, and you need your child to behave um, and not having the discipline to say, I need you to stop doing that. And for your child to have the respect of you being the authority to actually do it, where you feel like you got to pacify it, right? Because then they're going to transfer that into the classroom. Now, when the authority in the classroom have a conversation, tell them to, to, to follow directions, um, they're going to feel entitled, like, no, because they're used to being pacified. So unless you, unless you are going to give me something to make me stop, I'm not going to stop. And so now you have behavior issues and, and, and a parent may have one or two children doing this. I imagine a teacher with 20, 30, 40 kids <laughs> who are raised that way and having to deal with that on a regular basis, right? So it, it's, 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 a, it, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And that whole thing, like you were talking about, I mean, you, you decide as that parent uh, um, what, whether it's going to be a mess or a masterpiece and uh, whether you know it or not. And you do something like uh, – like you were just talking about where you're appeasing them or giving in to their, this demand. And so when they get in that teacher's classroom, so th- if they go in there with the, you know, I'll be quiet. What are you going to give me? You know? Right. It's like, oh, right. Geez, right. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah. So that's trouble coming in all different ways, especially, all different. Yeah, especially if the teacher ends up being one who appeases the behavior too, or the other end of the spectrum, which is not in a million years. And, you know, <laughs> It's going to be rough. It's, it's constant conflict. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. All right. So this is a statement out of uh, later in this chapter. Uh, lastly, be open to learning. Parenting is a continual learning process. And so this goes right with what we were just talking about. I mean, you, you note this toward the conclusion of chapter one. So let's talk about this, that, that ongoing needing to learn as a parent. Yeah. And, and so I, I really, and, and I was very intentional to start the book with parents. And the first three chapters specifically um, to parents, because this whole education thing starts with them, right? As we were just talking about, you know, whatever um, it is that they learn at home, they transfer those skills or like thereof into the classroom. Uh, and so, and the fact that as parents, you know, parenting does not come with, with a manual, right? So we make a lot of mistakes. Our parents make mistakes. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and, and I think it's, it's, it's extremely important for us to be able to, um, as parents, understand that it's a continual process for us to learn, especially adapting to uh, what's going on in, in our culture. Not, not that your values should change, but the way that you approach and navigate certain things um, to be open. Like for example, I was raised, uh, I came from Haiti. So, so, so when I came to Miami, I was raised in a culture where uh, and Haiti, like growing up, you, if, if an adult was speaking to you, you cannot look at them in the eye because that, that was considered a form of disrespect. And so when I came to the United States, I, 
uh, I'm in class and the teacher's talking, and so I have my head down. So the teacher and I is getting vexed because he feels like I'm being disrespectful, right? And so now a whole commotion happens, and I kept doing this, so on and so forth. And so my dad comes in, and 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 so he's upset at me because he got to come to the school, and so late, and so there's. And, and so the teacher's livid, like, no, he's, he's disrespectful, so on and so forth. At this point, I barely speak English. I'm, I'm just as confused as everybody else. Right. And so once we finally got to the bottom of what was going on, it was like, uh, and, and I explained, and so my dad was like, no, no, I teach him to not look at the dogs when he's speaking because that's, for my, for my country, my culture, that's what we do. And so the whole office was like, whoa. And so now I'm sitting there, and, and, uh, and nobody... It was no apology to me. Right, right. right. It was like, it was like this, this light bulb movie comes on, and 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 they're like, "Oh, okay, it's it's understood." But yet, I'm I'm still sitting there, just like nice. And so and so and that's a that's an example of how you know with 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 parenting, um, you know, things are going to happen, and and kids are going to be exposed to different things, and just navigating conversations, right? Because if if we live with our parents for 18, 20, 25 years, right? And so we find ourselves doing some of the same things that they did. Yes. Right? Yes. And some of those and some of those things might not have been effective. <laughs> right. And and so now when we have our own children, we 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 try to do the same thing with them. And and we have to understand that, you know, some of the things that we learn, some of the things that we do need to be undone. You know what I'm saying? So so that's one of the things with the process that I'm talking about is just it's just understanding that it's your continual learning and you don't stop learning until you're six feet under. Nice. Nice thought too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I mean, it, 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 it's, I used to um, travel on uh, Sunday nights because um, I would, in part of my career, I changed communities. It's a whole nother story to tell you another time. But the, um, the point is though, is that I would be living in another community from Sunday night through Thursday night. And so I would drive in, I would leave, um, at my home in one town and I would drive down to this other town and uh, on Sunday night. And a lot of times I'd go in and I'd get things like my groceries for the week and stuff like that. And, uh, um, so I'd go into the, uh, the, the Walmart that was in that town and I'd go shopping at like 11, 1130 at night on a Sunday night. I was amazed at how many parents were there with their children, their little children, not teenagers. They're little kids at 11, 11.30 at night on a Sunday night. And Crazy. and you talk about things that they learn. I mean, because first of all, they're kind of wired. They're like, you know, some of you see they're they're kind of falling asleep in the buggy and others you see they're kind of, woohoo, all right. We're, they're bouncing around the, the aisles and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, that in itself is something where you see somebody who, and I understand there's things that cause us that we need to have somebody watch the kids if we you got to figure out something so you can go do the shopping. I mean, that town had a lot of shift type of jobs, and uh, um, and but they're they're hauling the children with them wherever they they go, and so I can I cannot imagine what that child the next day in school, right, is sitting there sleeping in the <laughs> in the class. Yeah, yeah. But or yeah, the, I, I I I I I spoke about that a little bit in in I'm mean, in the book as well. Like you know, just just those. Those those basic things, you know, uh, and rest is definitely a huge one, a huge component. It's it it is, and it's something that if they don't, you know, if they don't get them to do it, you know, and it's like 
It's like, because that's where you got to step in as the parent. And I think some of them missed that role. Instead, they placate them, give them the video game, give them the, the phone, give them the whatever it is they're going to placate them with. So interesting. Yeah. I, I love that section, though, because you, you get into a whole lot. And you cannot, if, if you're in education long enough, you go through all the past because you, somewhere in there, you're, if you're not a parent in the beginning, so you're a teacher. And then suddenly you do become a parent <laughs> and then right. may, might become an administrator. So you, I, I, I love what you're talking about here. So, uh, so let's move on. At the beginning of chapter two, you note, because education starts at home, guardians are the front line of the defense for children. So once again, I've got it out of context. Can you put it back in there for me? Because, but I love this section. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's along the same lines because the parent is the first teacher, right? And, 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 and if, if they set, if, if they set the bar um, where it's supposed to be, and if, and if they equip the kids with um, what they need to do, then it, it doesn't matter what the school itself brings in front of the children, they're going to succeed, right? Because if, if they set the foundation and, and just, and I'm talking about where like, you don't have to be a certified teacher. I'm talking about just reading to your children. I'm talking about just having regular conversation when they speak to you, uh, you, you encourage them to, to speak in, and, and, uh, and complete sentences and not just one word, right? As basic as that is, it, it translates into when they have to write, yeah. right? When they don't use uh, cuss words or, or or slang language, right? Because the parents don't realize that the way that they communicate with their, their children, um, when the children go to school, they they communicate the same way, right? And so, it, or, or like some of the things that we talked about earlier, as far as like respect, I don't care how great of a teacher you are, right? If, if if you put a child in a classroom and the child cannot respect the teacher, there's nothing the teacher can do with that child, right? Because right. respect can either build bridges or create wars. I think that's another line that I put in in a, in a book, right? Is, is, is that, and those things, that's not the educator who's at the school. That's not their job. Their job is to help you enhance what you started at home. And, and and I remember like a quick um, story where I was having I was having a teacher conference like you, right? And it was just me and a parent and a student. And so I told I told the mom I was like, you know, um, she was she was blaming everyone under the sun, uh, and her and her child took no responsibility. She like wait the school and the teachers and so on and so forth. And so I, after she, after she was done, I said I said you realize I'm 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 you're the teacher, you're the educator. I'm just here to help. You. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you the teacher? I said, no, you are. So she, so she was livid. And so I said, <laughs> I said, let me explain. I said, you have had this child for, I believe the child was in fifth grade, to 10 years so far. I said, I am going to get to know this child for um, eight to nine months, and I may never see this child again in her life. And I haven't, right? I haven't seen the child since then. And I said, I said, you have this child... I'm only going to be in this child's life for a season. You have this child for a lifetime. So you are the educator because you, you're going to have more uh, interactions and have more influence on her than I will. So I'm just here in this season to help you. And she's like, nobody ever broke it to me like that. I said, well, I want you to remember that. <laughs> I said, because nice. it's the truth. Like, it starts with you, right? And, and, if, and if you set the bar and if you have the accountability and if this child knows that, if, if this child knows that whatever it is that you 
do at home, I'm continuing that, and that we're partnered together, then this child is going to be in line to make sure that they do right. That's so, so poignant. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I've made, uh, as a principal, I've made visits to uh, children's homes to talk with a parent about, uh, um, you know, things that they could help with and stuff like this. And one of the things that's interesting, just on a simple note, is when you see that there, there is no reading material in the, in the house. There's, there's no, not a form of book. There's a giant t- TV usually. Mm-hmm. but it's missing reading material. And I think going with right. what you're talking about, that whole idea about, you know, talking with them, reading stories to them and uh, providing them reading material, I think is, is one of those things as well. I mean, I, um, I, I just think that uh, tells them something that's important, I think. And, and, and it can even be creative. You know, it, it doesn't even have to be something where they feel like, oh, man, this is a chill. I got to read again. It, it can be something like um, one of the things that um, I've done with my, my kids is that, like, you know, they'll read a book. And I'm like, okay, after you read it, we're going to go act it out. Oh, okay, we'll act it out. So now they're having fun with it, right? right. And so, or, 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 or like, the, the, if, if it's something that they enjoy, right, um, like my, my, my girls are into uh, gymnastics. Right. So they get a book about gymnastics. So now they they're eager to learn about it because that's what they're into. And so that's fine. Is 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 just being able to know your child and know what works uh, for your child and 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 build on it. Right. So that and that's why I said like you don't have to be a certified teacher. You just need to be able to just like navigate those spaces and 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 to build on what you see uh that's working. So important. So important. I mean that's just there's so much to that that I just think that there are a lot of adults that abdicate that uh, that responsibility. There, they just they go and, it, and they don't think about it until the, you know the child turns around at it one day and says a few choice things that it's like right right nice okay what is where are we going? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know at at the end of each um, yeah, at the end of each chapter, you have two sections, one titled Chapter Takeaways and the other Probe and Transform. Why'd you include these sections? So those sections, um, as I mentioned earlier, right, so the takeaways are, you know, it's one thing to give information. It's also uh, another thing to be able to summarize it and, and, and really have a time of reflection because reflection is, is very powerful in, in any setting, Right. And to really reflect on what was said, and to and the probe and uh, transforms like now, to be able to look at, uh, maybe from your vantage point, wherever you may be, ask questions to see, okay, this is the information, um, and this is where I am. Now what? Then what? How is this helpful? How do I move from from point A to point B? And this is where now it challenges you to be able to um to to think through and and have some kind of transformative action plan, right? And even if it's just one thing, right? Just changing one thing to be able to just, you know, change the trajectory of whatever it is that you're doing. So it's, so they're just not reading through, because most people don't read a book um, in one sitting, right? So if you read chapter three today, and, and, and it's like, you know, you don't get to chapter four a week later, you probably would have forgotten what chapter three is. you probably would have forgotten the content in chapter three. So having that at the end, it forces you to kind of like, you know, go back, summarize, put something into action before you even want to move on to the next chapter. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I love it because it makes you stop and think. And, you know, and I, and 
you, you don't want you want to basically say to the reader, don't skip those. That's that's, that's not why it's there. That's, that's to help exactly. you think through it. I like that. Uh, you know, it, uh, another formatting question is this: throughout your book, the education formula, you, you know, you have this formula: respect plus accountability equals growth. Can you walk us through that? I mean, what what does you mean, yeah. and why? Because you, you repeat it throughout the book, which I think is cool. I, I do, I do, and so uh, uh, and so the reason that I have that is. I really, I really started thinking about it. the more I was writing the book, the more I started, I started thinking about all of the stakeholders. And again, there's a chapter for for the parents, the policymakers, the principals, the teachers, the community um, leaders, the businesses, and and then the last one to the student. And and I was and I was saying, what is the running theme or themes, right? That's applicable to all of the stakeholders. And and definitely respect is one, right? I don't I don't care who you're talking about, right? Whether we're talking about the parent teaching the child respect, whether we're talking about the uh, that respect being reciprocal, right? When it when the child get in the classroom, or, or whether it, it is the the policymaker having respect for educators and 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 really understanding what they do and and not just like writing policies, you know, just for the sake of it and having accountability that that these policies are going to benefit uh, the child because that's who it's supposed to be about <laughs> um, and in the community at large because then that equals the growth and, and us as a nation, right? And so in, in any aspect of the stakeholder, respect plus accountability is going to equal the growth on the growth piece. And so after it, it, it came to me, I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, 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 that right there, um, in any situation, any circumstance, any individual, I can apply it. I can apply the, the formula and, and it will work. Oh, you're so much right. This is, uh, and it's cool. I think, I, I think a lot of times what's, what's awesome about your formula is that, uh, you know, there's a mutual respect that has to happen. And if that's missing, the formula doesn't succeed um, because oh. then you're missing, because then the next part of it, it's accountability. And um, if you lack that accountability for your actions or what you're doing or helping your child or whatever the, whichever part of the formula you're sitting at, um, you're definitely not going to get growth out of it. Instead, you're going to probably get that mess you were referring to earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's Absolutely. good. That's good stuff, and I love the way that you repeat it, though, because it's it's not something that's brought up at one point in the book, and you don't see it again. So, um, definitely sends the message: this is important. Don't ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. I like that. Um, so, you know, one of the things that uh, I got to make sure I mention because we're getting close to finishing up, and chapter five is called "Fail or Flourish," and it starts this way: Schools fail or flourish at the feet and leadership of administration. I love it. Uh, let's talk about that. What do you mean? Uh, so we start with the parents. So the parents have the kids right at home, right? And so the parents are are, are the ones who are responsible for the the foundation piece. Now the parent uh, lends their children to the school. So now the principal is is not the person who's in charge of what happens inside of that school, right? And and I've, I've, I've been a part of schools that have failed 
and I've been a part of schools um, that have flourished. And and I've I've noticed that the difference is is at the feet of 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 leadership, right? And I think so many people have different um, leadership approaches, uh, which is fine, but is it? Um, but it also has to be effective with with the people that you're serving, right? Because I've seen principals leave a plush neighborhood, right, um, a, a suburban neighborhood, and they somehow send them to an inner city school, and and their approach or their mentalities with is 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 the same, and that's not going to work, right? Because you have we have a different community that you have to get to know, right? And you have to understand how to navigate, right? And so, so if if you come and, and bring the same tactics or whatever it is that you use uh, and, and have the same expectations, uh, now when I talk about expectations, I'm not talking about this as far as academic because um, that's, another, that's, that's another pitfall. But sometimes, you know, they may think, well, you know, the kids who are and 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 the, uh, urban areas, um, academically, you know, they're, they're not as, as strong as so on and so forth, which is um, definitely not true. And so, and, and so understanding who you're dealing with, your, the community, and, and, and just how does this function with the community, right? And, and some, some administrators, they don't give a crap, right? They, they're just there to collect a check, or they're like, what? Well, or these people don't, they don't care, or, or this is not working, or these kids, Right, so they put on these kids uh, as opposed to just like really coming in and um, and really like look at look at the situation, the scenarios, look at what's working, um, understand who your allies are, and build on that. Right, and and also articulate what the vision is, because you have to know where the school is, and you have to know um, based on your your vantage point where it is that you're going to take the school. Right? Because everybody's looking to you, right? And what culture are you going to build? So if if you don't know what, what that culture is, and if you don't know how to get there, or if you try to do it on your own or, or try to do it your way, it's not going to work. <laughs> Very it's much not so. going to work. <laughs> right. Very much so. They, you know, that's, uh, it, is, it is something interesting. I mean, because you've, once you've been in enough schools where you have something to compare, and you, you automatically see the difference between uh, – that leadership role and the someone who is just, you know, phoning it in or gathering that paycheck. And, and as opposed to the person who, you know, is treating kids like they, they all matter, treating kids like, um, everything that, uh, you know, they're, the educators are there for is to help them figure out how to, um, you know, succeed or achieve their dreams, whatever those might be. And I think when, when the administrator doesn't know, you know, what, hasn't even made up their mind about what the school's about, then you got a problem coming because that uh, they're gonna people are gonna follow their their lead to a certain extent, and if it's not a good lead, that's not a good. Uh, yeah, you, you gotta be careful who's following you then. And and it's and it's and it's also like you know, with the subtitle of the book, maximizing the village, is is also taking the concept of understanding that we all are educators. Everybody in that building is an educator, right? It's not just the person in the classroom. Uh, when, when, and there's a section in the book where I talk about how, you know, if, if, if leaders were to really maximize everyone um, in a building, including 
your counselors, your janitors, right? When I used to be an educator, I, I remember one time I, I brought a janitor into my classroom, like one of my lessons, um, because, and talking to him, right? Uh, and, and I, and I speak to everyone, right? And, and I've, if, if somebody's working in the workplace, I don't care what your title is. I don't go by titles. You're a human being. So we, so we have a conversation. Uh, and so his story was just so powerful, right? And I'm like, there is no way that these kids should not, like, um, take some of the nuggets that he shared with me, right? And so he was like, no, I'm not going to class. I was like, why not? He was like, well, you know, I don't know if, if the principal is going to allow that because I'm not a teacher. I was like, yo, so what are you talking about? <laughs> Right. And so he came in and, 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 and so, and, and I had a conversation with them and I'm talking about, they were at all just listening to him. Right. Nice. And, and, and the, and the way that they saw him afterwards and the level of respect they had for him afterwards changed. Right. And so it, it, it just creates a different culture when you're able to do that. And, 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 and this is, and this is another issue that we have, right. Because in any school that you go to, 99.9% of the schools, if, if, if the classroom teacher is not there, what happens? If they're absent, a substitute come in, what happens? Pandemonium. It's, right. it's what I, oh man, there's a substitute, right? right? It's a culture in the school that like, you know, I, can, I only respect this person or that person, as opposed to, I has, I'm going to respect any and every adult that comes into the space, right? Um, and there was something like for us when we were, I'm um, growing up in Haiti, where if any adult walk into the classroom, the entire class stands up and we don't sit down until the adult tells us to sit down, right? And nice. so I took a trip to Africa and I, and I went into a classroom and they did that and it, and it was like, oh, flashback. <laughs> and, and, and I froze and I was like, oh, snap. Like, yeah, this is, this is what used to happen when I was a kid. And the teacher looked at me and was like, well, you got to tell him to sit down. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I tell him to sit down. And I came back to the States that year. I was still in the classroom. And I implemented that. And so from that time on, it, it, it changed the whole culture of my classroom. I remember we had some people from the district uh, who came in, and, you know, to do the, their, their observation and the things that they do. And the kids stood up. And so they were confused. They were like, what was going on? And so, and so the kids had to explain to them, like, what happened. And so they told the kids to sit down. And, and it just, it just and, and that year, or those couple of years in, uh, in that school, it, it, it changed the entire culture of my students and, and how they viewed adults. Nice. That's awesome. That's, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing how um, doing something like that, where you're tweaking a little bit, you're doing a little bit, something different can make a huge difference. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I love that. Uh, you know, getting back to um, the chapters in your book, I, I'm going to be closing out here soon. And in, in the first section of chapter 10, it's called Own Your Education. You say, there are people around you who are working hard to make sure you succeed. None of their efforts matter if you don't work hard to make sure success happens. Oh, this is awesome. So let's share share some of your thoughts. Yeah, so I, I, I closed the book. That was the last chapter in the book. So I closed the book where I'm speaking to the students. And and if... and, and and that's the thing, you have this whole village of individuals who are working to help you out, to make sure that you're successful, to make sure that you become somebody tomorrow, to make sure that you are able to um, to be effective outside of the school walls, right? Not just academically, but just um, as a whole. 
And, and it really doesn't work because all of their efforts, all of the resources are from the bus driver to, to your parents, it, 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 it won't work if you don't show up because they can't do the work for you. At the end of the day, like you have to do the work and, and you have to be an active participant in order for, for, for education to work. So I, I, if they don't own it, then it, it's, 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 it's like all of the work would just be useless. Right. Um, and, and a lot of people would be disappointed and that happens a lot where, where people are like, man, I put so much into this and I put so much money, so much effort, so much sweat, so on and so forth. But, but if that person don't show up and they don't do the work, like it's for not. <laughs> you got that right. You got that right. That's, I mean, that was just so, so powerful because it, it you know, taking ownership is the, the key ingredient that some of them are missing sometimes. They think you're just going to, you know, snap your fingers or flick your wand or something like this, and and suddenly they just get it. And it's like, yeah, no, you've got to take some um, ownership of this stuff. And I and I love the fact that this is how you closed out because I, I think that's the a lot of times the missing ingredient from a lot of what's going on with a kid and their family and why it doesn't seem to be working out in the school. Absolutely. Well, well, Barrick, we're, we're about to finish up. I got a, a last question I'd like to ask my guests. But before that, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and or learn more, where would you send them? I'll send them to my website. Uh, BerwickAugustin.com is, is the hub uh, because there is, is, as you mentioned earlier, it has the academy. It also has a link to the, um, to the publishing company, which is evoke180.com. And so it's everything that I do is at at uh, at BerwickAugusta.com because it also has a link to the social media uh, handles. So that's 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 the space that they will want to go to. Excellent. I'll put that information in the show notes so it'll make it easy for them to, to find it and then find you, which is good stuff. Uh, so last question, it goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yes, I actually too. Um, two of them because they work together. Um, so I came to the United States at the age of 10 in the mid eighties from Haiti. Um, and it was rough because at the time, uh, in South Florida and Miami, it was not cool to be Haitian. If you would, if someone knew that you were Haitian, you were getting jumped. Right? As a matter of fact, he was a kid, um, in high school, uh, which was down the street from where I was and his girlfriend found out he was Haitian and he hung himself. Like that's how bad it was. Wow. Um, and so it, 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 um, and so I was real confused because I came from Haiti where 99.9% of us are black. And, 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 I'm, and I moved to Little Haiti and Miami where 99.9% of the student population was black and, and, and they hated me and I, and I couldn't understand why. Mm. Right. And, and so I didn't speak the language, so it was hard to communicate, but I found myself clicked up with other individuals uh, who came from the same place where we had, had to walk home with sticks and rocks just to get home safely. Wow. Right. And so Imagine that in a 10-year-old body, right? And then now you're trying to uh, learn in school where you don't, you also don't know the language. And so, and so the Esau department, Miss Rawlins, I still remember her name, and Mr. Ellis, um, they created a safe space for me uh, and other students in that situation. And they, and they also, uh, I, I love the fact that they also were able to, to grab content out of me, right? Because what typically happens is that when you have a migrant um, student in the classroom, 
um, teachers who aren't trained will just uh, put them on a laptop or just like, you know, ignore them thinking that they don't have any content when in, in reality, that may be the, the exact opposite. Right. I mean, so they, they, they actually use effective ESOL strategies to help me and be able to see that some of the math that they were doing uh, in fifth grade at the time, I had done a year or two prior in Haiti. Wow. So they was like, oh, like, like he knows this stuff. He just can't articulate it, <laughs> right? And and so much so that their efforts uh, allowed for me to be placed in honors classes the very next year. So nice. I was barely speaking the language because I had so much content in me. They realized, oh, no, we need to challenge this kid, mm-hmm. right? And I think had that not happened, I I, I probably would just have been in the corner somewhere <laughs> and in the corner of the classroom just – is being totally lost, which is what happens to a lot of kids. Um, and typically, when kids are idle, they get in trouble, right? And so, yeah, right. And so I, I absolutely look back on that, and I think like they they really, on, on so many different levels, um, set me up for success. And and I want to say, um, thank you to them at yeah. Edison Middle, Miami Edison Middle School. That is so cool. That is so cool. And I'm glad you shared that story. What a, uh, it's amazing what the difference that adults who care can make, I guess is where yeah, I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric, thank you so much for sharing your book, The Education Formula, Maximizing the Village. This is a powerful statement, making sure education is on the right path. Your focus is awesome. And I'm wishing you the best in all you do. And thank you, Stephen, for having me. It was, it was definitely fun being here with you. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.